welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, your DM and announcer person. Hello! Don't forget to leave us a rating and review wherever you heard this podcast. That is how people find us. If you know a nerd who is into roleplay heavy games, D&D, whatever, feel free to pass our little podcast along. We try intrigue and stuff like that, which creates a lot of detail for our world. You're welcome. Okay, let's get into it. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes debrief from all they learned in the Thorns and from the rescued citizens from the kingdom, and Sable remains on the fence about how to deal with the new head of her house. I think she is amassing power for herself. I think that if given the chance, she'll take this land as her own. What she will do beyond that, I don't know. And I have no desire to assist. Do you want to get in her way? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I want to survive. Our heroes get definitive proof that they are changelings, half-fairy creatures, which may explain many of their lives past events, and is what happens when you give your DM plot holes in the form of your character's parents. Do you think that's why Lady Varathi cast your mother out of your house? There are so many ways I could see that going. Because she was with a fairy? Maybe. But again, she was allied with the fairy queen. I would think more that it would have to do that it was not the fairy queen's court. Our heroes learn that Yennefer Varathi, the enigmatic and heartless head of House Varathi, was recruiting people who appear to have real heavy ties to Fae and are probably fetches. Fetches are, of course, fake humans left behind to throw off suspicion of fairy abductions. Well, so there was a, a sage in town thin, uh, honestly a bit sickly looking, about so tall, scraggly brown hair, hazel eyes. I, I don't know if you know him. I'll roll. History? Is that appropriate to see if yep, I know the scribe? Advantage. You've worked with them before, very likely. Good thing I had advantage. 12 plus history is... It's a 19. Lorem? Lorem Ipsum? <laughs> I'm never gonna get over that name. <laughs> Jalen stops at the old thieves' guild sewers to check on the last remaining members, diggers trying to dig a tunnel all the way out of Fenrir under the thorns. I mean, you know, when everybody else in this guild was still alive, you all were sort of bottom tier, so you were on digging duty, but you don't have to be on that duty anymore if you don't want to be. Lisa smiles and says, It's not about if we want to be diggers, Jalen. We're diggers. Sable visits Helena and Cass, who she saved from fairy enslavement, and gets a rundown on life in the fairy wild. It seems that the fairy wild almost lays on top of this world, and so there's a mere version of every place. Silpha goes to court and gets a rundown of the immediate political problems caused by Thorns Beast attacks. Everything seems to be falling into sort of two camps. Either use magic and rely on Yennefer or use swords and rely on the house Porninos, and the Porninos can't be everywhere at once. And that's court, man. It's an action-packed whole day. There was a lot more great things in there, but we have got to get started. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master. I'm Sandra. I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy. I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie. I play Sofa the Wizard. So let's go to Evans. And she she is just going to walk through town to go home. She's not trying to be particularly stealthy now. So she, you know, she'll kind of check out who's around. Give me a d20, just a straight up luck roll, because there's someone looking for you. Oh, shit. We'll see if they find you. Nine. You get out of town and a small page, like a 12-year-old boy who's clearly working some of his first jobs comes running up and hands you a piece of paper and then waits politely as if you are going to hand him a copper. Mm -hmm. I shall hand him a copper and say, what's your name? Willie. <laughs> it's good to meet you, Willie. Are they waiting for an answer? Uh, no. Well, go get back to work. Oh, okay. And he turns and runs off. The small note is from Lynn. Mm. It says, Jalen, there are some concerning rumors I'd like to discuss with you. If you have a moment, unfortunately, things are very busy. But should you find yourself anywhere near House Pornino, please let me know immediately. Should go, Willie, come back here. Willie turns back and says, yes, ma'am. Go to House Pornino. You can run faster than I can. Tell them I'm coming. Yes, ma'am. And Willie turns and just bolts off. 
She gives him another copper too. She... Yeah, he looked like he was gonna run without the copper, and then turns around and goes, "Oh." Uh, yeah, she'll she'll uh, she'll kind of change course for a second and go to House Pornino instead of House Evans. When you arrive at House Pornino, the cavalry is in full swing. So normally, House Pornino is these giant pastures, stables in all directions, and large corrals for training them, and then sort of a small village of farm workers that are almost exclusively there to tend and train horses. Mm-hmm. Every horse is saddled up. There's people training on all the horses. They're working lances. They're working bows. This looks like a house that is ready for war. You find Lynn, who has a couple of uh, quote-unquote men who appear to be like 16-year-old Poinino cousins that he's putting through drills on horseback. Mm -hmm. So they're wearing fake armor that's clearly meant to just simulate the weight of armor holding sort of wooden versions of weapons and are just doing stances from the back of horses as Lynn sort of spots you. And he says, yeah, just just keep doing that. Uh, Ten more of them. I'll be right back. And Lynn walks up to you and the, he has this smile on his face, but his eyes are so tired. Mm. Yeah, she'll smile at him too and say, uh, you've been busy. Yeah, train in the day, ride during the night, sleep when you can. Hey, um, so I heard a rumor that there was some sort of um, champion of stone that Miev had, and she was entering the thorns with it. I heard a rumor that you entered the thorns. I'm just going to say it. Are you okay? She considers him for a long time, and um, how how isolated are we? I mean, you're not isolated, really, but like it... It is loud here. Mm-hmm. You don't think anyone could meaningfully overhear a normal toned conversation. I think she's she's going to take his hand and lead him sort of away to like probably somewhere a little more quiet and less distracting. Okay. You you find some spots kind of out behind the stables. When you round the corner, several servants come to attention and Lynn just nods at them and then they make themselves busy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's quiet here. Mm-hmm. Who'd you hear that from? The Gossip Network. The servants, for the most part, one of them thought that I would pay more for information related to you, given that we were courting, and so they volunteered it, and I, of course, tipped them appropriately. Hmm. Not purposefully spying on you, just so you know, I'm sure you can handle yourself, but I do prefer when they bring me gossip that they think I want to hear. Lynn, you you told me once that your, I mean, your family hunts fairies now, but they used to be allied to the fairies before the thorns. Yeah. In fairy, there are Seely Fae, which are sort of people of the gods. They're descended races from gods, just as people and elves and others are. And then there's the Unseely, which are sort of born of the world. Mm. They're the trolls and the goblins and things. They come into existence in many different ways, but they are often much more feral and dangerous. And in the old days, we aligned with the Seelie against the Unseelie, although that's a little bit of an oversimplification. There are perfectly kind Unseelie and perfectly sinister Seelie. But since the kingdom has fallen and the jailer is the fairy queen... And this land is claimed by her. The number of good fairies are quite small. I remember you saying after the Mason assault that not all fairies are bad. That is what I was taught, and I do believe it. And I have met fairies that aren't sinister, but I have reason to believe most of them at least report on our actions to the fairy queen. Mm-hmm. So what? what's the... Poor Nino family line about changelings. So we have a little bit more fairy lore than most people. And he looks around a little bit and you're you're still alone. Mm -hmm. So changelings are human for all purposes. And we don't have an opinion on them. And there are actually numerous rumors that people within the Pornino family line have have fairy blood. I don't think there have been any changelings since the thorns came up, but they are still rumored to exist. A lot of people explain sort of poor childish behavior by calling them changelings. I don't I don't believe those rumors, but they're sort of ignorable. If they give in to their fairy nature and they choose to become 
fae, then we would deal with them as a fae. So if they are bad, I guess they would become enemies. What is the take on humans and fae having the liaisons that would produce changelings? Before the thorns, it was quite common. Again, there are perfectly good civilized fairies out there. Since the thorns came up, no one no one trusts a fairy. I I doubt there are changelings in the, in this anywhere in this kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> she stares at him for just a little too long. Lynn will roll insight. <laughs> he says, I just put my foot in my mouth, didn't I? Well, I may have tricked you into being honest. Jalen, you never have to trick me into being honest. But I want you to know I would never say anything to insult you on purpose. Lynn, I found out this past week that I am not an orphan at all. Not just one, but both of my parents are alive. And my father is Kylan Evans. And my mother is Gail Witherbranch, mistress entertainer of the Autumn Fay Court, which I think is a polite way of saying she's a whore. So Lynn, Lynn doesn't react really. Like, he he sort of takes it in. And I learned that from a willow tree about two miles into the thorns. He nods and says, you found one of the great willows? Two of them, actually. My family practically worshipped them. They were, they're a great part of family lore. We trust them implicitly. He sort of looks down at his feet and says, that's, that's a lot to discover, Jalen. You're, you're telling me. She steps up to give you a big hug. Uh, uh, she, she will hug him back. I mean, she, I think she's grateful f- for that. Look, there's, there's a little more. She's got fairy bane strapped to her back. She takes it off and she holds it out to him and she says, I, uh, I use this on people, Lynn. He reaches his hands out. He has a really blank look on his face. Mm. People, were, were they bad people? They were... Were rats at the time. They didn't bite you, did they? She stares at him for a little bit too long. <laughs> oh, he's gonna roll inside again. Uh, he doesn't pick it up. He doesn't doesn't quite pick up on that one. He he waits for an answer. She says, "Were rats are people ninety nine percent of the time, Lynn. We were being ambushed, but they were not unknown to us, and they were not uncared about. They were used." And we didn't have enough time to react in such a way as we could save them. And so we had to take them down. Jalen, I gave you this because I care about your safety. And because I trust your judgment. So if you use this on were-rats, I don't think there's a poor Nino alive who would be upset with you. But I I can tell you feel guilty. And I guess I... I guess I don't understand. We're going to be going back into the Thorns, Lynn. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I could probably make a lot more use of that sword while we're in there. But you need to tell me that it's okay to keep using it. Jalen, if you're feeling guilty about something you did with this sword, it's important to me that you explore that and resolve it. Lynn, I don't feel guilty about what I did. I feel guilty that I used this in a way that you would not approve. I get the impression that there's a little more to this story than you're telling me right now. But you haven't told me anything that would lead me to believe I need to take this back from you. Okay. She cut, she smiles at him. She says, that's what I was worried about. Um, I don't, th- I don't think Lynn knows quite what to do next. <laughs> Jalen, you're going to have to make some some tough choices, and I believe that you are the kind of person who is going to make choices that I can support for the rest of my life. And he hands you the little sword back. The little sword? Compared to the sword that is bigger than he is, (laughs) hanging off of his back. Well, that's true. Does he trip over that when he walks? (laughs) He's gotten really good at not tripping over his own sword. A year ago, during the extremely gangly phase uh, of his growth, he probably tripped over it a lot. 
Except when he was mad, because then he got bigger, right? Yeah, when he's mad, he puffs up quite a bit, and the sword looks <laughs> normally proportioned. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, she'll, she will take the sword back. She won't put it on yet. And she says, you know, when I'm 21, I'm apparently supposed to make a decision about whether to be human or to be fey. And when I'm going to be honest with you, I, I haven't made that decision yet. Well, Jalen, I like you how you are. <laughs> so... Split 50-50? I don't think you need to make any decisions. And he gives you kind of a peck on the cheek. Fucking sweetheart. Yeah, fucking... What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Lynn, I don't understand your patience, but I won't turn it away. I think Lynn gets a big smile on his face and says, Well, if I keep kissing you behind the barn, I'm going to be in real big trouble later. We could kiss in front of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one more for the road. <laughs> yeah, she'll get, she'll give him a, a, a real, like a kiss, like a kiss kiss, and then she'll give him a hug and she'll say in his ear, we're going to the castle in three days, and I don't know. Oh, shit. I know! Why are you telling the Bordinos? I'm like, I'm here like, not gonna, I'm not gonna make any faces, I'm not gonna make any faces, and I'm just like, ah, Jalen, what are you doing? She comes out, she says, People have tried to go before and have never come back, and I think if we don't come back, you deserve to know that that's what happened. He is so gonna tell! <laughs> and, well, she will level a look at him and say, and I'm trusting you with knowing that. There's a look of absolute terror in his face. Mm. And he says, you know what I love most about you is your bravery. And he takes a step back and says, I'm I'm sure you'll be fine. Where are you leaving from? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I could not tell you that. <laughs> Why do you need to know that, Lynn? Well, I guess I got two and a half days to finish up doing what I'm doing here. <sighs> we could use a sword, I'm sure. <laughs> especially his sword. You'll keep the secret? Your secret's safe with me, Jalen. House Lunari. Don't forget to ring the bell when you get there. Okay, we're going to jump over to House uh, Varathi. Okay. Yennefer is not here. Yeah, she's at court. And you see no sign of the cloaked and hooded figures. But the rest of the Circle of the Moon is here. There are, you know, five other druids from the Thorns who you have not met, who are not in the, the house meeting. But you do see that they seem to have positions of prominence in the household. Mm -hmm. And are running around doing stuff. Okay. Do I see Lorelei? You can go find her. Yeah, she's she's in her wing. Oh, she's gone back to her wing now? She hasn't moved her stuff back in yet because yeah. it hasn't been long enough. It hasn't but arrived. like she's in her part of the house. Okay. I'll approach her directly. I'm not exactly worried about approaching her. I'll just walk right up to her with Helena with me, I guess, because Helen is probably going to not leave me because it's her job to protect me. She looks up and s says, uh, Sable, what can I do for you? Hi. I, I want to I want to talk privately if we can. As privately as we can get. Looks at Helena and Helena says, Yeah, I'll guard the hallway. And she says, Well, this study over here is still pretty empty. I'm sure it's as quiet as we can get. I'll go in and again I'll just check around not magically, but just physically to see if it looks like anyone's eavesdropping. Her servants haven't moved back in yet. Yeah. Do a quick Quick look around. Do I need to do a perception or anything? You can roll me perception. Sure. Okay, where was that earlier? 23. You do pick up the flutter of fairy wings. Okay. You suspect there are pixies yeah. around. That I'm not, yeah, whatever. You I assume they're always there. You have concluded that they can't follow you onto House Sunari, but they have found you again. Lorelai, do you remember what was happening to you before you died? Let me roll her a dice for a thing. That will remain unnamed. I don't remember much. I was home and asleep, and there was a loud noise, and I, I woke up, and I was I was covered in bugs, and there was this creature, this thing like and I've never seen it before. It was huge. It was absolutely gargantuan. It it had torn the side of the house off, and then it it just hit me. Can you tell me what it looked like? Also, I'm checking to see if she's lying to me. Go ahead and roll me insight. Oh, 
Oh, my inside is an 11 altogether. There's nothing about what she says that raises suspicion. She says, yeah, it's it was big. It was muscly and hairy, and it had sort of big teeth and almost a sort of human-like face. Uh, roll me nature. Okay. Hey, nature. <laughs> that's oh, no. my second natural one. So, yeah, that's seven. She's describing a mammal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a were-creature. Humanoid. Maybe it's an ape. Yeah. I don't know. I'm distracted or something. Could could be a bear standing up on its back legs. They do that bear sometimes. Bear standing on its back legs just happens to have a human face. Could be a mutated human that has taken on mostly bear traits. I'm confused. There are a lot of possibilities here, and you are not able from the description to pick okay. one of them. But I think she's probably telling me the truth. She's just really bad at describing. <laughs> I'm going to take the amulet out of my pocket and show her that it glows a little bit in my palm. And I'll say, you you know what this is. You you saw us get this, correct? It glows and it indicates when people have power, I guess. Would you be so kind as to hold, hold it for me for a moment? She touches it and it is dead. It is devoid of magic. It Nothing comes off of it. Okay. I inhale a little bit and let out a deep breath and take it back and say thank you. And then I'll say, I, I want to ask you a very personal question, if you'll let me. Yes, we are allies of the same house. And I procured what was required to bring you back. She nods and says, and my family thanks you. But you intended to take my life. Why? I didn't even know. And I certainly wouldn't have tried Except that I was being hunted. I believe that that is the story that you believe. But you have to realize I have no magical talent. Not even, not even a little bit. My mother was tremendously disappointed. I was forever a disappointment to her. The circle would not stand for me leading this place, and you were made the head of the circle. Even if you didn't know, they were going to try to make you the head of the household. Then why not talk to me? Why not address it with me? Why seek my death? Sable, there are some times in this kingdom where death is the answer to the problem. And... I couldn't go against my mother, and I couldn't stand against the Circle of the Moon, and I don't have the power to get Lord Mentor to name me. All options needed to be dealt with. And I have seen, since I made that decision that I now agree was not a good one, that you have been influenceable. You were the threat that I was worried you would become. And you are more powerful than even I knew at the time. And there is only one person in all of this kingdom that Yennefer Varathy would say has potential. And that person is you. So if you don't think you're a threat, or you think that conversation was going to solve this problem. I can appreciate that, but I think you're being a little naive. Maybe I am. I was raised without the guidance that many received, without the courtly influence that someone like you had. I was raised in the sidelines of the discussions that were being made. I fully believe that I am naive. You should quickly get over that, Sable, because you are ridiculously powerful. She looks at Lorelai and, and like, you know, her teeth just kind of clamp together for a minute and her jaw works for just a second. And she says, I have been running for my life 
since you took a contract out on me. My power comes from that. You could have influenced me differently. Luckily for you, I don't think death is the answer. Roll me intimidate. Please don't roll a one. Please don't roll a one. Oh, that's better. 17. Plus whatever. 18. You see her eyebrows raise and she says, look, I made a mistake and I agree that it is a mistake. And Yennefer has informed me that it is a mistake and my mother would have been furious. I understand. But you, you need to understand that I did not see another way. Someone was knocking off the matron's children. I was next. And I didn't know that that someone wasn't you. You had more magical talent as an infant than I have been able to accumulate in 50 plus years. You have more talent than any druid my mother has seen since your mother. I didn't know you were naive. I was a child. Tell me this. How dedicated are you to Yennefer? Yennefer gave me back my family when everything in my life was taken. And she is truly powerful in a way that even my mother wasn't. So I can't promise her my loyalty, but I can promise her my fear, and that's more than enough for her. I could promise you something your mother never would have. Hmm. A place in the circle of the moon without any obligation to the fairy queen, should you want it. An honest look of curiosity crosses her face, and she's, she's been very guarded for this conversation. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you offer that up, she seems honestly intrigued. And she says, well, now I didn't think of that. If the Circle of the Moon would accept someone like me, I would take you up on that offer. It's literally the only thing I've wanted since I was a little girl. I can tell you that this circle is not Yennefer's circle, and there may be clashes. I don't think I have the power to get into Yennefer's circle, but if you let me into yours, I think I would be a valuable asset. Then we do it. She nods and says, very well. You name the time and date, and I will be there. I'd say, why wait? And then, you know, I'll stand up and say, come with me. She follows you. You can head to the matron's room. Mm-hmm. It, it's still empty. They say whistles? Hello? Present and accounted for. Shut up. Nope. Don't. Don't. I'm already here. Don't <laughs> blow those fucking trumpets. I give it a second. Are we good? He floats down and becomes visible. And there's just a little bit of glitter in the air. And Lorelai says, wow. Is this, is this Mother's Whistles? Yes, Lorelai. This is Whistles. Whistles, Lorelai. Whistles says, hello, Lorelai. She steps up really close and says, Mother never let me see you. And Whistles says, well, <laughs> that's because she was deathly afraid you would fall in love with my charming demeanor. And uh, Lorelai says, okay. Little pixie humor there, Lorelai. Lighten up a bit. Okay. Um, yes. What business can I help you ladies with? I am going to induct Lorelai into the circle, but I need an altar for that. Can you help? Yes. And he snaps his fingers, tosses from his pocket a marble. It's a cylinder. Hits the ground, and it expands rapidly until it's about a short altar to the fairy queen. A pocket altar. Well done. Most of us carry them. Very much like Helena and Cass. Ask her if she comes freely of her own will, and that it requires a bit of Mason information. I would have asked for Helena to give me a small piece of the map. She waves it off. Hmm? I have some Mason information. Oh, excellent. Then, great. That, that is the only cost, and that you will be a dedicated member of the Circle, working to make that Circle better. And I'll go through the whole, like, the moon, we ebb and flow, blah, blah, blah. She passes a piece of information about the Masons to Whistles. And that piece of information is that tomorrow, 
Meg Mason will withdraw from the marriage contract negotiations. Mm. Interesting. Welcome to the mid-roll, and that means fairy facts. Today's fairy facts are brought to you by the Red Cap. In most fairy lore, Red Cap is a single individual goblin-like creature who guards the border between nations or in an abandoned castle. There are many versions of the Red Cap tale, so you could conclude that there's more than one, but the Red Cap is always alone in most lore. They're also called Powry, Redcomb, Bloody Cap, or Border Goblins. In most depictions, Redcap is a bloodthirsty, murderous goblin or dwarf, reminiscent of an old man with sharp teeth, iron boots, and a big poleaxe. Of course, the creature also has a shiny red hat that he dies in the blood of humans that he kills, usually travelers. Redcap has several powers, mostly tremendous strength, which allow him to hurl boulders and chop people in two. He's also largely immortal and simply cannot be overpowered by any man. You deal with a red cap through Christian lore by wielding a crucifix and uttering scripture, which, like a devil, will cause the red cap to yell and vanish in fire. Before Christian lore, however, the trick is just to let their hat dry, which causes them to die. In the pre-Christian world, all you really needed to do was avoid them, and their lack of victims would destroy them. So now I guess you have two options. Let's get back into it. The last thing that is happening as court is wrapping for the day is the Frikers are in a last sort of frantic negotiation, trying to find someone who is not Lady Virathi to help them. And you witness, as you're walking with Miev towards the exit, them coming out of a meeting with the Porninos, and you can tell by their faces they have been turned down. And Miev says, well... I'll start heading back to the house. You've probably got an hour before dark, so I'll assume you're going to spend another hour here. Yes, I have some errands to run in town, and I will be at the country estate tonight. And she parts, and the lords and ladies all start piling back into their carriages to go. Some of them seem to be staying at Lord Mentor's house instead of leaving, but that seems to be wrapping up. Where is Sylpha headed first? Well, I'll walk past the Frikers and see if they want to recruit a wizard. <laughs> I'm not going to volunteer, but... They don't seem to acknowledge you and seem to be somewhat frustrated as they're debating whether or not to recall all of their champions this tonight and leave with 12 additional guards from the capital. They seem to be settling on that plan. I guess I make a mental note of that. What would you like to do? You have an hour in town before you need to... Get back on the road. Silpha will head to Thalia's apothecary to deliver the package of plants that Sable had recovered from the thorns. Thalia is in her apothecary. Thalia, since she hasn't been here in a while, is a, a little gnome with fox ears, fox ear mutation, and she runs the apothecary. And you step into a shop that's just filled to the brim with dried herbs and live plants and little potion vials, and Thalia from behind her kind of tiny counter, says, Hey, Silpha, what can I do for you? Ah, oh, well, I just came by to drop by a parcel for you. Ooh, presents? Let me see, let me see. And she pulls out and unrolls the plants that Sable had collected from the thorns that were on Thalia's list of rarities that she had trouble obtaining. Oh. And that Silpha owed her in payment for the Belladonna. She says, well, I was really only expecting one of these, but three different plants. You did very well. I guess I owe you a bonus. Hold on a second. And she pulls out two more vials of antitoxin. Oh, what? why, thank you. Yes, this will, this will do nicely. And you can see her turn and lay the herbs down on her, her workstation next to a mortar and pestle and turn on a little tiny alchemical burner as she starts to heat one of the glasses up. I thought you were going to say tiny food processor. <laughs> <laughs> Run by a little imp running on a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, so thank you. Is there anything else I can help you with tonight? Oh, I don't think so. How have things been? Uh, people in town are starting to get 
very concerned. The countryside has been attacked a number of times. A lot of the house servants from around have sort of been sneaking into town to stay the night. So, I mean, business has been good, but it's been strange. Well, I'm glad to hear that business has been going well for you, and you'll probably see me in a few more days as I compile a list of components I might need for the future. Hmm. Yes, for sure. Do be careful out there, Silpha. There is something unusual afoot. In all of my years, I have not seen this directed of a concern from the Beasts of the Thorns. I... oh, I will be cautious. I have been suspicious of, as well of things afoot. I've heard some concerning things. Yes, well, <clears throat> stay safe and stay indoors. And she opens the front door of her shop up to let you out and says, uh, well, I'll be closing up for the night. Uh, if you need anything, I'll be back first thing in the morning. Take care. Julie, another thing is I did tell y'all about the scribe, Lorem Ipsum, who is possibly, maybe, he glowed really mm, bright. Yeah. In, yeah. So I don't know if you might wanted to talk to Lorem. Well, okay, I, I guess I could try and walk by them and see if my lantern glows, which would be like a confirmation. You can walk by the Ipsum residence on your way home. You see the Varathi family carriage has been pulled up right outside of it. It is much more noble and opulent than the residence that the Ipsums live in. And you see Lorem step out and have a brief conversation with what appears to be one of the champions from House of Arathi. It doesn't look like anyone has gotten out of the carriage. And as you're walking by, your lantern does light up. And you can see it's sort of at the edge of your vision, Lorem Ipsum climb into a Varathi family carriage. And it turns and heads back to the Varathi estate. Yikes. Disturbing. <laughs> House Evans. So, Jalen, you have visited the sewer today. You walked out to the House Pornino and you talked with Lynn. You get home. What would you like to do? Well, if Lord Evans isn't there, she's not actually going to spend that long at home. In fact, she wants to get to town before things close. So she's going to pick up a few things. She's going to pick up one thing in her room that I'll get to in a bit. And then she's going to pick up from the dojo. She's going to pick up a round of hand crossbow bolts. And then she's going to slip back out again unless anybody waylays her. Nope, it's very quiet at your house because Jessica's not there, Leslie's not there, and Lord Evans is not there, and Kylan's not there. And Kaylin's not there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so then she's going to kind of book it. To, she's actually going to trot to town to try to get there in time, and she's going to get to the silversmith, hopefully, before he closes. You are halfway to the silversmith when you see the Evans family carriages coming down the road. If you wish to run into Lord Evans, there's like a 100% chance that that's him. How much time do I have before the silversmith closes? I mean, you've probably got a little bit of time. You could have a conversation as long as you don't get pulled back to the house. Okay, yeah, she's going to flag down the carriage. It comes to a stop and the carriage driver says, Lord Evans, Jalen's here. And the carriage door pops open, and Lord Evans slides out. He strides over to you and says, Jalen! Hello, sir. Fancy meeting you on the road? Yep, I'm running a few errands. Sorry, nobody's been around for a few days for you, so... Well, you're all becoming adults now, so it's not surprising that you have business out of the house. She's going to pull him away from the carriage driver. She's going to try to get out of your shot of anybody else so she can talk to him quietly and say, Sir, Kylan is missing, and I'm going to try to find him. Okay. Jessica's with me. Okay. And I don't know if you have any champions to spare, but the Masons are down to two and feeling a bit vulnerable. Do you think you could loan them a couple of champions? I can send them two more. We made an agreement today. I floated in a private meeting with Lord Mentor some of our ideas. Oh, good. He was not as supportive as I'd hoped. He might come around with time, but in the meantime, Yennefer Varathi really seems to respect the vision. Sir, be very careful with Yennefer Varathi. Yes, well, I can tell that she is... Purely a self-motivated creature. I'm certain of this. I also think that there is 
enough evidence that the most recent Thorns Beast attacks are very different than the previous few. And so they didn't really start getting as direct, if you will, hmm. until she got involved. You know that's not a coincidence, right? With our alliance, I have little to worry about, and I'll happily send two champions to assist. All right. Also, the sewers are unguarded, and I know our servants seem to be retired sewer aficionados. Do you think a couple of them could guard the entrance? I'll ask. One of the great perks of success in the Thieves' Guild was retiring to a quiet life at House Evans, but some of them might be up for a little foray into their old ways. I mean, they don't have to do anything. We just don't want anybody going in there and fucking with anything. Uh, of course. I think they've gotten a bit accustomed to life at a manor as opposed to the sewer, but I'll see if any of them are interested. Perhaps some of the newer ones will still have that spark. Okay. Are you all right? I am fine. I'm safe. And my only concern now is that Jessica and Leslie and yourself are safe. <laughs> I think we all are at the moment, sir. Yes. And I'll offer you one last piece of advice. Kylan might be slowing down in his old age, but he is still one of the top three swordsmen in the city. So I don't know where he's got himself, and if you find him, great. But don't put yourself at risk. He's very dangerous in his own skill. I know that. All right. Okay, well, get home safe. And he climbs back in the cart, and he leans out the door and says, Oh, Jalen. Yeah? The last two guys in the back. Take them with you and point them at the Masons. Yes, sir. And she'll look at the two guys in the back and say, Can you two come with me? They say, Absolutely, milady. Do I know these two, or is it... You have met them. They've been around the house. They're younger. Mm -hmm. So he's clearly sending the the junior knights. Sure basically, on this task. And like everyone from House Evans, they have this edge about them that makes you think they grew up in the streets. Right. All right. Well, we are first going to stop by the silversmith. Yeah, they'll dawdle outside, no problem. The silversmith looks like they're just closing up. When you step in, so normally the silversmith has, there's not a lot of silver in the kingdom. So he runs this very tiny shop. It doesn't have a lot of space in it. And it's mostly like nobles' silverware and tea kettles and things. The occasional rare, like, fancy lantern. When you step in, it's clear he's retooled recently. There are a lot of weapons waiting to be treated. People seem very on edge, you can tell just from looking at the shop. And he looks a, a little out of his element, honestly. Oh, okay. Like, when you gave him things to silver dip, he was more than capable of doing it. Uh -huh. But you had the only weapons for silver dipping in his shop. Right. He's got like a backlog. There's a line. She says, well, you've gotten busy. Yes, well, word has gotten around that House Evans repelled a Thorns Beast attack with the help of silver. So, uh, feast or famine for you. I'm afraid I've got more to ask. <laughs> well, I guess I owe this big boon in business to you. So how can I help? She pulls out the crossbow bolts she took out of the dojo and says, it's just these 12 bolts. I can have them for you tomorrow. That would be wonderful. Can you charge it to House Evans? Yes. And it's okay to charge us a little bit of a premium for cutting in line. You know, I think that, well, I did not realize how much business I was going to get when I dipped your weapons. I owe you a little and cutting you in line will be my repaying that favor. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll be back tomorrow to pick them up. I'll be working late. All right. And then we'll set out for the Lunaria Estate. A wagon pulls up at House Farathi, and Yennefer gets out with Lorem Ipsum and all of her champions. She appears to have recalled them from Lord Mentor, mostly out of spite, and has walked into the estate grounds. Sable, what would you like to do? I would like to see if I could get her attention while she's walking on his, to the state grounds. Yeah, she turns and walks towards you and points at Lorem and says, wait for me in the little chapel place. And Lorem nods and heads back towards the, the back side of the house. Out of character, has it become clear how people address her? They've given up on the matron concept. 
Another powerful older woman seems to have immediately given people the desire to call her matron, and she seems to have put a stop to it. They have settled on Lady Verathi. Then that's what I will call her, Lady Verathi. May I have a moment? Absolutely, Sable. How can I help? I see that you have returned with all of the champions. Are you concerned about the Thorn Beasts? I am concerned about the Thorns Beasts. I am rolling to see if she's freaking lying to me. Oh, sure. Roll me insights. I'm sure that she's, like, really good at lying without a heart, but... She is. Your DC's 18. Well, I might actually be able to do it. Hold on. Is it insight? Yeah. It is. Correct. All right. 16 plus 7. Wow. <laughs> 23. So you get the impression that Yennefer Verathi is not afraid of anything. And this is very likely a calculated move. And she fed you the party line. You actually suspect with the roll that high that she told you the party line because she knew you would guess the truth. Yeah, that she is not afraid. And I'll just, because I am playing the part two... We haven't seen any additional signs here, have we? Any any places that need additional protection? No, it has been quite quiet. Some might say too quiet. I'll look relieved nonetheless. <laughs> and if I need to roll deception, tell me, but, you know, I'm no. assuming that <laughs> I am not capable of really lying to her. Sable's having a performative conversation with someone who is engaging in it. If you have no concerns, I have other matters to attend to over the next several days. I will be on and off the grounds. Acceptable. You have found me what I was looking for. I thought it was actually going to take a couple days longer, but I appreciate you bringing Lorem to my attention. Mm, I, I thought Helena did. Helena did bring Lorem to my attention, but mm. in fairness, you outrank her, and so therefore the chore was yours, and you delivered. Good management. Uh, th oh, okay. <laughs> She does her best not to look a little disgusted at that thought and says, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll leave you be. I'm sure that you have business to attend. Yes. If you'll excuse me, I have to work out our employment contract with our friend Lorem. Mm. Yeah. I'll figure all of that stuff out later because I want to know what's going on with that too. But I have so many other things to do. I need to go talk to Whistles. Whistles is in the old matron's room, which is your room. Yes. So I'll walk in and I'll go, Whistles. Hey, Whistles. A little sparkle of glitter comes down from the ceiling, and you hear, Yes, Sable, what can I do for you? Uh, I have a couple of favors to ask. Very well. Now, you know I am a fairy, and I favors do. are not necessarily in my business, but please, let me hear your, your pitch. Right. Pitch number one. I need someone to watch Lorelei. You know, the one who just came in here and did the oath and yes. made her promises. I want to know what deals she makes and what kind of powers she's granted for it. Just in case she becomes an enemy. It's important. Very well. I will very likely be privy to this information as the main creature that she makes deals with. Mm -hmm. If you would like that information, uh, the price will be very small. Maybe, maybe like a little bit of honey per oh. time you ask? I can certainly help you with honey. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> my best friend is my source. <laughs> Do you just want a dough natural, or shall you, would you prefer it baked? Oh, uh, I mean, natural is the best. Okay. <laughs> Pitch number two. Yennefer has a desire to work with Lorem Ipsum. I have reason to believe that there is more than meets the eye with that gentleman, and I want to know what the business is. Hmm. How much would you like to pay for that information? I believe I have it now. <laughs> you asked the kind of question that no mortal would ever answer. Hmm, very well. I will name my price. Information on Lorem Ipsum will cost a tiny bit. I would like you to entertain a deal pitch from me. You must listen to the entire deal. You do not have to accept it. But you must promise to be open-minded. Open-minded. Is this the kind of deal that's going to take weeks to listen to? Is it? <laughs> oh, no, I can tell it to you soon. I'll give you the information, and then I will make the pitch. All right. I will do this. I accept. Then, Lorem Ipsum is what your people tend to refer to as a fetch. I thought as much, yes. Now it is guaranteed. Yes. He was replaced many years ago, 
and his family made his replacement contingent upon his sale. So they traded Lorem for a fake Lorem and a few extra favors. Sounds like wonderful people. Well, when <laughs> you don't have enough, there is ways to get what you need. Can you have someone follow him and find out what business he is doing for Yennefer? I am concerned that she might create trouble. Hmm. Yennefer appears to have information on how Fetch's work that I do not have. But I can tell you that there are a few others floating in her mist recently, and she seems to have some kind of control over them. Interesting. That bit of information was free. Now for my pitch. I settle into a chair and say, please. There is a type of relationship that we could have called a pact. In it, the pact is not with me, it is with my queen, the queen of the beast within man. Mm -hmm. If you were to accept this pact, she would gift you a bit of magic in addition to your current mystical allotment that you're capable of producing on your own. And I would be your servant, as opposed to your, I guess, trusted roommate. <laughs> in that way, you could request information like this, and if I have it, I can give it to you, free of charge. However, if I don't have it, there will still be a charge, as I'll have to go acquire it. And what other benefits does this get me in regards to, I mean, obviously, the bit of magic? You as a servant, you say? Yes, the information I have would therefore be free to you, and I could go, well, I would, I would follow you around as your helper, instead of waiting here in this room. I would put my skills to aid you in any endeavor that you saw fit. And what would the fairy queen gain in this pact? Ah, that is the next bit. The fairy queen, to start a pact, requires an oath of loyalty. In exchange for this oath, or with this oath, you will not work against the fairy queen's machinations. And when she makes requests you will do your best to complete them. Large requests can still be negotiated for prices, but her assumption is that you will be a full-fledged agent at that point, and so you should take actions without being told. Mm. Well, thank you. It's a lovely pitch. <laughs> yes, well, please consider it. You did promise to consider it. And I am. And be open-minded. I am open-minded. Perhaps more open-minded than you might realize. But yes, I am open-minded. I must think on it, though. Uh, very well, very well. In the meantime, I suppose that if I need you, I can find you here? I'll be right here. What if I am away? Can I call for you? No, not as your power currently stands. I understand. We could arrange something, though. But I'm afraid uh, that would not be an arrangement with me. That would be an arrangement with the lady. Mm -hmm. And I doubt that she would be happy with a bit of funny every time I ask. No, <laughs> she is not a pixie. I'll have to think on that, too. I have some time. I'll be around for a bit. Absolutely. Can I ask you a question that I don't think requires any deal-making? Give it a shot. What's with the trumpets? Hmm, <laughs> yes. I will not guard that information. <laughs> I made a contingent requirement upon taking the job with the matron, your grandmother, and I was commanded to take it, and I, I had a, just a tiny bit of leverage, which is that they needed me to get to her very, very quickly. And I said that I could get there faster if I were given an official title in her court as a reward. And, well, the official title was Herald, and Heralds get trumpets. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> learn, regret. I see. So if the title was removed, you would be free of your trumpets? Yes. Hmm. I'm going to, like, like, not actually pat his head. But, like, I'm just going to make a head-patting gesture and say, I feel you. Yes. <laughs> My title came with assassination attempts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. This has been most informative and interesting. 
Hmm. Well, you're quite welcome. Tell the trumpeters hello. Yes, well, I'm going to not acknowledge them. It only encourages their behavior. And then I need to go see Messenger, if he's there. Messenger is not there. Dang. Well, I kind of know where to find him. How far out is it to the tree? It's only about 100, 100 feet or so. Okay, so it's not far. No. All right, well, then, again, when no one's looking, I'll go off into the thorns, and I will go out to tree. Okay. And I'm just going to catch tree up on what's been going on. Okay. I'll say, as the memory of our people, I want you to know what we have discovered and what we know. I'll make sure I will use uh, Detect Magic ahead of time just to see are there just a whole... I'm kind of okay with the Fade hearing because they would know anyway, Mm -hmm. for the most part. There are magical signatures following you around. Okay. That's fine. So I'm not going to say anything about killing Lord Mason, but I will say that we we traveled there, and I will say that all the things that I have been doing, basically, and that Lorelai, Helena, and Cass are all members of the House of, of the Circle of the Moon now. I will register with them the deal that I made to induct more into the Circle. All the stuff that I did. All right. Tree is an extremely good listener. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected that. And then I'll see if Messenger is out here. Messenger is not out here, and okay. Tree can tell you that Messenger has not been here since you left last time. Okay, good. I just want to make sure that I don't break an oath accidentally <laughs> by not getting him food, because I don't know if Yennefer will continue to do it. When you stop in, someone has put the requisite rodent and milk in his oh, space, good. but it's it's clear that he hasn't come for it. He has not come for it in a couple days. Okay. Then I just have one other thing to do, and it's probably dark, I realize, but I will go back to wherever Yennefer is. Yep. It is getting very close to dark, but you're getting powerful enough you can travel at night without too many issues. And if I'm allowed to approach her, I will say, Lady Verathi, you must know that House Mason was damaged seriously, and that the Masons themselves are concerned for their well-being. Their champions were cut down, many of them. And they have asked for reinforcements. Might we be willing to spare some? We would be willing to spare them, but I think it would require a meeting with the Masons. I would like to get their support on a few political items. Mm, I will be seeing them tomorrow. Would you like to perhaps send that message with, say, one champion with me? Oh, I think this is delicate enough. It needs to be an in-person conversation. Oh, they would come back, of course. Yes. How about you just tell them that I'm very interested in extending some additional security to them, and I require a meeting, and they'll seek me out tomorrow, I'm sure. As you wish. And I will be gone. Okay. Sable, roll me survival. You are the latest on the road. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I didn't roll well. I'll also be turning myself into a horse to go fast, but that was not great. So altogether, with my plus seven on survival, I have a nine. Ooh. Okay. I didn't roll a one. I decided a horse <laughs> looked real tasty. <laughs> oh, shit. So it is dark by the time you get within sight of House Lunari's Manor, and you can hear something in the distance. Your horse ears are picking up on it, and Mm -hmm. in the dark, your horse eyes are not very good. Yeah. You're just very fast. But there is something above you in the air. What would you like to do? There's something above me in the air as a horse. (laughs) I'm, I'm guessing horse instincts would have me freeze to start with and see what it is. Yeah, okay, let's, we'll go with that. I'll give it like a three-second freeze. Three-second freeze, see what the fuck it is. Roll me perception. Oh, that's better. 19. There is some sort of owl, only it is real, real, real big. And that is the end of our show. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. Does this angry owl have our mid-level druid cornered? Who is going to get attacked by Thorn's Beasts next? What is Yennefer Verathi up to? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.
I th- I think it's based on the description because I I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh when I worked for the forest service we would get people like can you identify this plant for me? Uh it's a white flower with green leaves. Uh, <laughs> wow, that really helps me narrow things down. Thank you. So she just told you I was attacked by a hairy thing with big teeth. Uh-huh. Thanks. You're like that, that's... a mammalian <laughs> carnivore. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So was it like on four legs, two legs? No, I'm not going to ask all of those questions. I'm just going to be like, mm. Was it larger than a bread box? <laughs> Can we play 20 questions? 